You are listening to audio from First Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach. If you would like more resources or to watch our service online, please visit fbcfwb.org. Listen in as Pastor Wade helps us abide in Christ and advance the gospel through the teaching and the proclamation of God's Word. Through human history, there have been different ways to signal a big announcement is being made. In medieval times, a crier on behalf of the king would stand in a public square and to get everyone's attention would say something like this, Hear ye, hear ye, and then deliver the king's message. In the early 20th century, young paper boys selling the daily paper on the streets of large cities would find a busy corner and cry out, extra, extra, read all about it. In today's time, it's breaking news. And that gets our attention. Well, this morning we're going to study heaven. Heaven appearing to humanity. And we're going to hear heaven's hear ye, hear ye. We're going to hear heaven's extra, extra. We're going to hear heaven cry out breaking news. Now I want you to see it with me in Luke chapter 2. Turn there. Luke chapter 2. We'll begin reading in verse 1. We're going to focus specifically on verse 10. We're taking three weeks during this Christmas season to focus on Luke chapter 2 verse 10 and to look at three different aspects of this verse. You found your place. I want to ask you this morning if you are physically able to please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. Boy, my heart is full this morning. Jesus is awesome. Isn't he awesome? To be able just to lift him up is just incredible and so grateful for the music this morning and excited about tonight. Look there with me, Luke chapter 2, verse 1. The Bible says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. You would have been too. 
Now look at verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Let's pray together this morning. Father in heaven, we pause in this moment to declare our need for you. Lord, we believe that all is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. So as we study your word, we pray that you would move in our midst by your Spirit, that our eyes would be opened, that we would see the truths of Scripture and be moved by those truths so that, Lord, we would leave today different than when we walked in. Help us today to understand to further comprehend, to celebrate good news. All for the glory of King Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Luke chapter 2 is a wonderfully familiar passage of Scripture. In verses 1 through 7, we see the narrative unfold as the Virgin Mary gives birth to her firstborn son. His name is Jesus. And following the birth of Jesus, we see heaven drawing near to earth. An angel appears. The glory of the Lord shines around this angel. And the angel has come, in a sense, to say, Hear ye, hear ye. Extra, extra, breaking news. He's ready to announce something very, very significant. And it says in verse 10, the angel declares, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. This morning we're going to study that phrase, good news. Next week we're going to study the phrase, great joy joy. And the third week, we're going to study that, that idea of this good news being for all the people. I can't wait for that. But this morning, I want to focus in on the angel saying to them, I bring you good news. I bring you good news. That, that phrase, I bring you good news, is really only one word in the original Greek language. It's the, the Greek verb euangelizo. Euangelizo. It means to preach or proclaim good news. The noun form of this word is euangelion, is where we get the word gospel from. The word gospel simply means good news. And the angel says, I proclaim to you, I bring to you, I announce to you, euangelizomai, good news news. This verb is found 11 times in the Gospels, and 10 of those are found in the book of Luke. This is a, a very, very important word in Luke's writings. What I want to do is I want to focus in on, on good news, and I want to help you to see three features of this good news, so we can all understand today what good news and gospel is all about. First of all, I want you to notice the content of the good news. 
the content of the good news. The angel says, I bring you good news. Now, what is that news specifically? What is this gospel that the, the angel is declaring to these shepherds out in the field? Well, let me give you two thoughts about the content of the good news. First of all, the good news centers on a person. It centers on a person, and his name is Jesus. And I want you to see two important things about Jesus, who is the content of this good news. First of all, I want you to see that, that this one named Jesus was and is fully God. In fact, keep reading in verse 11, where the angel goes on to, to outline this good news. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, a Savior. And then he says, who is Christ, that's the, the word for anointed one or Messiah, Christ the Lord. Kyrios, Master, Lord, King. And so this angel declares that this baby who was born to the Virgin Mary is someone of great significance. That's an understatement. Great significance. And when we see that word Christ, it helps us to understand that this one who was born of Mary was fully God. How do we know that? Well, one of the ways we know that is there were some Old Testament prophecies that declared that God was going to send someone special. He was going to send a Messiah. He was going to send an anointed one. And hundreds of years before Jesus Christ was born, in Isaiah chapter 9, the Lord gives us some titles of this coming Messiah, this one who he would send. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, the Bible says that this Messiah would be called Mighty God. Mighty God? And so hundreds of years before Christ was born, the, the Word of God declared the one whom God would send would be deity, Mighty God. And here in verse 11, the angel is calling Jesus the Christ. The angel is saying, this is the one Isaiah was referring to. This is Mighty God that Mary is holding in her arms. And so, the good news revolves around a person, Jesus. And he is fully God. Not only is Jesus fully God, he is fully human. Look what it says back there in verse 11. For unto you is born, born, Jesus. Childbirth. Mary gave birth to Jesus. And it says there in verse 12, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now this is extraordinary. The Christ promised from the Old Testament, mighty God is wrapped in human flesh. A baby, fully God, fully man. We sing of this wonder 
during the Christmas season. We sing songs like this, or say, songs that say this, Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleases man with men to dwell. Jesus our Emmanuel. This morning we sang it. One of my favorite lines in all of the songs we sing, in Christ alone when we say that Jesus was, listen, fullness of God in helpless babe. I mean, I can't wrap my mind around that. There's mystery in that, is there not? That the second person of the Trinity, who is eternal, who has always existed, left the splendor and glory of heaven and humbled himself to the point where he took on humanity, the, the, the frailties of humanity, and he became fully human in the womb of the Virgin Mary as he took on human flesh. Fully God, fully man. That is who Jesus Christ is. There's a ch children's Christmas book that I like to read to my, my kids. And, and uh, w one of the lines I love is at the very end of the book, it speaks of Jesus being born. And, and it says that there was Jesus, listen to this line, Lying under the stars that he made. Think about that. There's Jesus being held by his mother, fully human, a baby, lying under the stars, lying under the cosmos that he, by his great power, brought into existence. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. Now, you might have this question, how can this be? Fully God, fully man, how can that be? Well, if you have that question, you're in good company because Mary had the same question. In fact, turn back over to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 31 The angel appears to Mary. And he says there in verse 31, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, will be called Son of the Most High, Son of God, fully God. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. He's the Messiah, the, the promised one. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. You will give birth to a human son who is fully God. And look what Mary says in verse 34. How will this be? Since I am a virgin. How can this be? Uh, me giving birth to a son who is fully God and fully man. And, and look how the angel answers her in verse 35. He says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Not human conception. The Holy Spirit, by the power of God, places the second person of the Trinity in the womb of Mary, clothing him in full humanity. Wow. 
That's what the Christmas story is all about. Now, here's the question we need to answer, and this is, this is critical. Why is this a big deal? I mean, is this just some nice little aspect of the Christmas story that we celebrate so we can sing round John Virgin, mother and child? Why, why is the virgin birth of Christ a big deal? That Jesus did not have a biological father. He was, he was placed in the womb of the Virgin Mary by the power of the Spirit taking on humanity. Why is that a big deal? Here's why it's a big deal. For Jesus Christ to be our Savior, he had to be fully human and fully God. He had to be fully human so he could go to the cross and die in the place of humans like you and like me. For justice to be satisfied, for him to be able to take our punishment, to, to die in our place, he had to be human himself. So Jesus Christ had to be fully human in order to be our substitute. And yet there was an infinite price that had to be paid. You and I have sinned against an infinitely holy God. We deserve infinite punishment. And we cannot make that payment ourselves. One who is infinite must pay the price. One who is infinite must die in our place. One who is infinite must shed his blood. So Jesus, who was fully man, was also fully God and could go to the cross as our substitute and our sacrifice. Amen? That's why this is a big deal. Listen, your salvation is on the line with the virgin birth. If Jesus Christ were not fully God and fully man, he could not be your Savior. He could not be my Savior. This is a big deal. And here in this great announcement, we see that this good news centers on a person. His name is Jesus. But secondly, this good news focuses on his mission. Look what it says back in verse 11 of chapter 2. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior speaks of his mission, why he came to earth. When, when Jesus declared why he came to earth, he said the same thing. After his encounter with Zacchaeus over in Luke chapter 19, Jesus said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Speaking of you and me. Jesus came to be a savior for lost sinners. He came on a mission. You see, good news is different than good advice. The good news that is presented in the Bible is not some instruction manual for us to improve our lives and make ourselves acceptable to God. Now, let me tell you why that's important. Because you and I are ruined sinners... We're separated from God, and in and of ourselves, we cannot make ourselves acceptable to God. We can't do it. We can't fix our own lives in our own strength. We are totally unable to save ourselves. The good news is not straighten up, do better. The good news is that Christ came to this earth to do something for you. The good news is not... Make your way to God. The good news is God came to you. See, the good news is that God did something for us. It doesn't end here with the birth narrative. The birth narrative is of utmost importance. We understand the, the nature of Christ, fully God, fully man, born of the Virgin Mary. But the story of Jesus doesn't stop here. Jesus grew up and lived a perfect, matchless life. 
And Jesus, in obedience to his Father of his own volition, went to the cross. And on the cross, the sinless Son of God, fully God, fully man, took all of your sin and my sin upon himself, and he died in our place, taking the punishment, the wrath of God that we deserve. God demonstrates his love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8 Jesus came to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And after he died on the cross, he was taken off the cross and he was buried. And and early on the third day after his death, Jesus Christ rose from the grave. He defeated death itself and he's alive today and mighty to save. And this is the gospel. And we know this because over in 1 Corinthians 15, the apostle Paul wants to define the gospel, the good news. What what is the gospel? What is the content of of this gospel message? And here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the, the first four verses. He says, here's the gospel. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried, and on the third day, he rose from the grave according to the scriptures. The gospel, the the good news is that Jesus came to do something for us, something we could not do for ourselves. He came to die in our place so we could be saved. Jesus was promised, and Jesus was sent for the purpose of rescuing people from their sins. And the fact that we can trust Christ in His finished work is good news. That's what it's about. His person and his mission. And perhaps you're here today and you say, I don't know. I don't know, Pastor Wade. I've uh, I've done some stuff. I've I've got a record. I've blown it. Can I say something to you this morning? Just, just me and you talking. Come in close. Welcome to the club. We've all blown it. And the good news is, when we could not make it to heaven in and of ourselves, heaven came down to us. Grace, love, hope, good news. Very quickly, number two. I want you to see the delivery of the good news. We talked about the content. What is the delivery? Well, look what it says there in verse 10. The angel said, Fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So, so the angel announces it to the shepherds, and as the story unfolds in chapter 2, then the, the shepherds go and announce what they have seen and heard as they go and find the Christ. There's this cascading movement of people sharing the good news. It eventually makes its way to the disciples who became followers of Christ. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You'll be my witnesses. Just like the shepherds bore witness of the message they heard from the angels. You'll be my witnesses of my death, my burial, my resurrection, my saving power. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the very ends of the earth. 
which eventually made it to us. The gospel made it to us. I heard the gospel clearly and understood it clearly when I was nine years of age and saw my need for a Savior and placed my faith and trust in Christ, and I was saved of my sins. And now I joined this lineage of messengers, angels, shepherds, disciples, all of us who know Christ. Our joy and privilege is to bear witness to this good news. You see, good news by its nature is meant to be shared. When, when Claire and I were engaged, New Year's Eve, 1997, guess what? We didn't wait for the sunrise on January 1st to let people know. We started letting people know our parents, hey, we're engaged, engaged to be married. We found out we were having each of our four children. Immediately, we're on the phone. We're, we're letting people know. G good news by its very nature is meant to be shared. We get this with everything, everything, everything except the gospel. It's so important that God sent an angel to declare this Message. God intends for there to be heralds for the good news. Because here's the deal. Good news is only good news to those who hear it in time. A couple weeks we'll talk about all the people. Our, our, our calling to take the gospel to all the peoples on the face of the planet. Because Jesus died for the sins of the world. But we see here something important. That this good news is meant to be Shared and, and that's what's important about the Christmas season. I want you to hear me carefully. Many people in your circle of influence who are unchurched may be a little bit more likely to engage at Christmas time. Maybe it's because of maybe past traditions in their family, or or maybe just the, the just you know the the joy of the Christmas season. I, I don't know, but but maybe. That, that one in your circle of influence that you want to come to, 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 to know Christ, maybe they might, might come to a, a Christmas you know, worship experience tonight or to the live nativity that we're getting ready to start next week. Invite, 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 invite. Why? We have good news to share. Amen? Number three, and we'll be through. We've talked about the content of the good news. We've talked about the delivery of the good news. Number three, I want you to see something in this text about the celebration of the good news. There in verse 8, there are shepherds keeping watch over their flock. It's nighttime. And in verse 9, it says, An angel, singular, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And this is an awesome deal because... The glory of the Lord is shining around this angel. It was so awesome that it says these shepherds were filled with great fear. But it doesn't stop there. After the angel makes the announcement in verse 10 and verse 11 and verse 12, verse 13 says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host 
praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. All of heaven has shown up to celebrate the good news that the angel announced. R. Kent Hughes writes this, A great company, or heavenly host as it says in the ESV, is literally a multitude Not 50, not 150, not 1,500, but beyond count. He writes, I think every one of God's angels was there because this was the most amazing event that had ever happened in the entire universe. He writes, I think, I love this, the heavenly host stretched from horizon to horizon, obscuring the winter constellations. I like to imagine that they radiated golds and pinks, electric blue, hyacinth, ultraviolet. Maybe some of, were, some of them were even sparkling. You can imagine what this would have looked like. The angelic host from horizon to horizon. And why did the angelic host appear on that night during that moment to celebrate the good news? That's why they were there. You see, the good news calls for exuberant praise. They cry out in verse 14, Glory to God in the highest! Can you imagine how momentous this moment was? I I, I can imagine the angels weren't saying, Glory to God, the Messiah is here. Yawn. The angels were celebrating the birth of the king. The good news calls for exuberant praise. I hope that this Christmas season will be a time for you of exuberant praise where you were caught up in the mystery and majesty of the fact that Jesus left heaven and came to earth and took on humanity for you and for me. Warren Wearsby writes about Jesus, and this is a good word for this Christmas season. You cannot escape Jesus Christ. The angels sang about him, and he is still the theme of the greatest music. Luke wrote about him, and he is still the subject of the greatest literature. The shepherds hastened to behold him, and he is still at the center of the greatest art. Teachers listened to him and marveled, and he is still the focal point for all truth and wisdom. He alone is worthy of our worship. Oh, come, let us adore Him. If you're here and you don't know Christ, you've never been saved, Christmas is a time for us to bear witness, to announce good news. You can be saved because of what Christ has done And if you are a Christian, this Christmas season is an invitation for you to come and adore Him. 
celebrating his amazing birth. His incredible life. His substitutionary death. His powerful resurrection. And the promise that one day he will return. Oh, come. Let us adore him. Thank you for listening. We pray you've been encouraged and inspired by God's word. May the Lord richly bless you.